Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I am Jerem Jordan alongside a Warriors man, Banksy. What's up, bro? How about them Warriors, baby? Let's go. Oh, my gosh. What an incredible performance. We will break it down. But first, in case you missed it, this is what it looked like and sounded like from the captain, Bailey Wilson, with the team pumped up after the game on Saturday. that video 10 plus times it took me a minute to figure out all the words but that was such an exciting moment for a team that deserved a really positive experience and moment and gosh they had it on Saturday you know for being so close so many times to pull out a big win like that in front of the home crowd in statement fashion cap has every right to be fired up and all the boys too it was a unifying moment for this locker room and uh, well deserved for all their hard work over the season for sure I want Big Buddha yelling this and the crowd cheering back with that the rest of the year. I really do. I think I think that should be a thing with this team. That was really, really cool. We're live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube account. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If you've got a question or comment, go ahead and fire away. We'll get to as many of those as we can. Here's what's on the rundown. Oh, the upset. Well, from the league's perspective, not the Warriors. Uh, against Rugby ATL, we will recap it. We'll chat. With MLR Player of the Week, Lance Williams. He was unbelievable in the game Saturday. We'll uh, recap Week 15, preview Week 16 coming up. We'll preview Houston as well. Thomas Tuoval mic'd up, and we'll chat with the voice of the Utah Utes and a friend of ours, Bill Riley. But first, let's recap the rugby ATL game. Ashley and I called this one. You were doing the cool alternative broadcast, which uh, you know we'll, we'll do more of here in the future, which is awesome. But a 44-26 win, we finally saw... Peak Utah. We've seen 69 points against Dallas. We've seen a win at LA, which looks better and better every week. And now the Eastern Conference champs go down at the hand of the Warriors at home in, I think, the greatest game played this season. It was easily the best complete team showing uh, this season because it wasn't without adversity, right? They had physical and mental challenges to overcome. It took all 80 minutes and all 23 guys on the roster to get it done, but they did it in statement fashion against the top shelf team from the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference champs and Western from last year, two of the three wins. And then the other is Dallas, who has been the worst team in the league, um, you know, and, and been beaten up by a bunch of people. But impressive win. Let's walk through it. Okay, fifth minute, Calvin Whiting has a penalty goal, 3 nothing. Nice start. Get some points early. Sixth minute, off the restart, Connor Cook, uh, on a knock-on, takes the ball in for a try. I was like, what just happened? Conversion, no good. 5-3 rugby ATL. Tenth minute. How about Joe Mono? Last week against New England, and then the next week uh, against Rugby ATL, the conversion, uh, no good on this, but he gets a try, and he has scored in back-to-back weeks. Great to see him in, in full form. And redemption as well for Cliven Lobster, who duffed the high ball on the restart and allowed Connor Cook to score, comes right back, goes at the heart of that back line, sucks in the defender off the wing, which gives Joe just a space enough space to squeak through. The backdoor flick pass, and then Joe with the power and pace down the sideline. What a great finish. And Joe's diving in from like three meters out. That was a great play. 15th minute, Connor Cook scores his second try off them all. It's 12-8. We got a lot of back and forth going on here. 23rd minute, Lance Williams answers off them all. This is the first of two tries for him to take the lead, 15-12. You know, this was a great response from the Utah Warriors forward pack. They had rugby ATL go right at them. And then look at this, big Gus McClellan saying, come on, boys, and dragging in Lance Williams for the score from five meters out. And what's crazy is this wasn't even the best mall of the day. We will get to that in just a moment. We had an unbelievable uh, mall, but great performance by these forwards. Rugby ATL sent in uh, a 23 
that featured a lot of starters off the bench. Utah kind of did the same. Uh, Zion Going was in there for the first time. Emerson Pryor was in there at loose, loose head prop. You had Joe Mono coming back, right? Um, it was interesting. I think Utah took it personally what lineup Rugby ATL put out there and dominated. I think Rugby ATL kind of put uh, took a chance to rest some of their starters, but boy, did they ever need them because Utah brought their A game, and I think you could have put any 23 out there against the way this team played, and it wouldn't have mattered in the result. Mm-hmm. I think the Warriors really played that well. Uh, you know, even former Warrior Nolan Tuamoheloa wanted nothing to do with Gus McClellan. He just got wrapped up and torn up in that last try we just watched. And I think that was kind of the response from the entire side. I think they were just flabbergasted at what the Warriors threw at him. Who wants a piece of Gus McClellan? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody that's smart. Yeah, second team all MLR uh, last year. Okay, 29th minute. One of the plays of the year for the Utah Warriors. Mika Kruse, we talked about how he's got this sneaky, not so sneaky now, amazing left foot. Chips it forward. Caleb Mockney actually kicks it to himself and scores a try. I mean, there was great individual performances here, but really this took all 15 guys on the field. It started with that forward pack turning the entire rugby ATL scrum. It completely eliminated any of their loose forwards. Shouts out to Emerson Pryor getting it done on the loose head side there, turning that scrum. That's what opened up the space for Mika to get the boot away and Caleb to scoot through that gap. And then just the skill on the finish, the soft touch to poke it forward and the, and the, the dot down for the try was spectacular from the 10. I did not know that Makani kicked it to himself until I saw the replay from that angle. I just thought it bounced that way. No, no, no. The skill of that and Caleb after the game in the locker room, I was like, dude, that was incredible. He's like, I got lucky. <laughs> there, but there is skill involved like luck is when preparation meets opportunity and we've we've seen more like when mika cruce is involved when mikey teo is involved when caleb mockney is involved like special things happen so that was awesome i guarantee when we do a top 10 tries of the year that one is high up there uh which was really special okay cullen mon scores for rugby atl to make it 20 to 19 and then right before the end of the half calvin whiting tacks on another penalty goal it's 23-19 for all you Monsters, Inc. fans going into halftime. Two minutes into the second half, Thomas Tuavau from Lance Williams for a seven-pointer, fourth try of the match. This is a great play from Lance Williams. Again, watch it. It takes it, runs over the breakdown, and then offloads it here to Thomas. You know, it was kind of a broken play. It wasn't a very good ruck. The ball didn't come out clean. It just kind of spits out the side, and Lance picks it up like, you know, he dropped his cell phone, and he's running to catch the bus because he's late for school, just skirts through some defenders here, makes a spin, and as he goes to the ground, like, Tommy's just jogging and just pops it up to him and dots it down under the posts. I feel like that situation may have happened in Hawaii with Lance uh, a couple <laughs> times, perhaps, that he is used to that. Um, seems like a guy that would be running to the bus station sometimes. I love that. We'll hear from Lance coming up later in the program. Okay, so at this point, it's 30 to 19, but it's early in the second half. We're waiting for this sort of onslaught from Rugby ATL. They respond with Tion Erasmus to make it 30 to 26. But then, 61st minute, we have 15 minutes with no scores. It was like, what's going on? We've had like five minutes for a score here. A second try to go up 37-26, and this is the one that is so impressive. It's a mall from the 22 all the way in, just rushing forth to score here, and this was incredible. It was just great buildup. The line-out call was perfect. And then the determination. You see bodies flying everywhere. Chad Goff comes off his feet. Lance Williams gets dragged for like five meters right there on his knees and just bails as holding on. Gus McClellan driving forward. There was just no response from that rugby ATL forward pack for what the Warriors pushed down their throat. It was it was incredible. And at that point, um utah goes up 37 26 and it's like okay there are 19 minutes left and they're up two scores like can they hold on to this this would be a big upset in the league obviously the warriors and we felt like this is a team that's been there they just haven't done it this year but when you've only won two games and you've lost six in a row sometimes it's hard to have that confidence man they show up and then it's way late we're in extra time this game's over but mikey tail intercepts a ball Passed it to Joe Mano. This is the icing on the cake and really a coronation for Joe Mano saying, hey, welcome back. Also, Mikey Teo does this again. He did this to Mount Nono of San Diego, and the celebration was on. This was quite the moment. It was fantastic. You know, Mikey coming off the bench and having that veteran leadership in those final minutes. It was several sustained phases from rugby ATL deep in Utah territory. So 
to read this ball and you see the long hair come up in the gap and right there, boom, just reads it perfectly. And Joe is immediately on his inside. They're off and running. Nobody was going to catch Mikey, but the unselfish play to give the hometown kid back the ball for the big splash. Look at the style from the kids. You absolutely love it. And congratulations to Joe. Ten months off in ACL. We talked to him last week on the show. Talked about how his son Joey was born during his recovery and how that really motivated him. Pretty cool to see him scoring back-to-back weeks. He got the double as well. So the Warriors win 44-26 to as we look at some of the game notes here. Snapped a six-game losing streak. 44 points, second most this season, fifth most ever for the Warriors. 18-point margin season high, fifth most ever in team history. So a really great performance here. And then, in uh, you know, it took three games, but first win versus rugby ATL. So this was a signature win. I'm not sure what's better, this one or L.A., probably this one because we got the recency bias of it. But the fact that Utah, who's way out of the playoff race, just basically sent rugby ATL to third place in the East because New York beat Toronto, it was quite satisfying, let's be honest. Look, any win in Major League Rugby should be celebrated because there are no easy games. But when you do it against a team that is competing for a spot in the playoffs and you've got a chance to play spoiler, it feels so much better. That's what makes the validation for this team so big is you're not beating a bottom-of-the-table team and you're fighting for you know honor and respect. You're beating a top-of-the-table team that's in contention, and it proves to you and to the fans that this Warriors team's got it when it counts, and they've just uh, struggled to put it together. So we've seen what they're capable of now. Can we close out the season and build into 2023 with that same energy and that same chip on our shoulder? It's a huge win no matter what, but the fact that it's a really good team may, meant that much more. So uh, hats off to Rugby ATL. I know there's a bit of a rivalry there, a little back and forth, so it was good for Utah to get that first win. A couple of stats in this one, 10 tries and all. This was a high-scoring game. We talked about last year there being 72 points in the game. Real similar output. Um, conversions, uh, pretty good from Calvin Whiting. The only two he missed were right on the edge. Penalty goals, three for three. You see the tackles, plus 18 there. Lineouts were good. That was a big deal because two weeks before against Seattle at home, Banksy, we're calling that game, and Utah struggles to execute two uh, lineouts inside the 22 that weren't straight. They do a better job this time around. Scrums were good as well. You know, able to clean up a lot of different things in this match and, you know, really controlled their own destiny and were in their driver's seat. From that first Calvin Whiting penalty five minutes in, you know. So, like I said, they had to overcome some adversity. Rugby ATL wasn't going away. They didn't go quietly. I mean, getting the bonus point with four tries still on the road was big for them in their playoff hunt. But to not get max points out of that in a game that, for the rest of the league, they should have won easily. It was a great statement win from uh, the Utah Warriors to put the rest of the league on notice. 44-26, 44-26, a uh, win for Utah, and now they look ahead to Houston, which we will preview coming up later in the program. Something for us to look ahead to as well. More rugby coming to the great state of Utah. The Collegiate Rugby Shield is coming here, July 2nd. Don't miss out on this opportunity to see the next stars of MLR as they get prepared for the Collegiate Draft. Check out CollegiateRugbyShield.com and Collegiate Rugby Shield all over social media. You'll see some of the players invited, where they're from, some of their history, and then get ready for a fantastic showcase of rugby right here in Utah for the Collegiate Rugby Shield, July 2nd. That's going to be quite the event. Cannot wait for that. It's going to be awesome. Okay, Major League Rugby, first 15. Two Warriors honored this week. Pretty cool. Lance Williams at number eight, who we will hear from later on in the program. And the fly half, Caleb Mockney, well-deserved. I think it was a coming out party really for Caleb. He's, you know, had to make a shift into a 10, into the 10 position, playing fly half, not his traditional position, and now finally hitting his stride. I think the pairing of Zion going and Caleb Mockney was fantastic in this match. And of course, Lance going beast mode and doing what the kid does and well-deserved taking that number eight spot, especially when you consider Riker Hadding had a fantastic game for Seattle and a huge point tally for them. So for Lance to get the nod there from the league is really recognition of how well this Warriors team is playing. Shout out to Zion going, like you mentioned, who in his first start was awesome. He was so good. So it's, it's fun to be that deep at scrum half, which is pretty stinking cool. Okay. uh, Let's recap the week in MLR, new England takes down DC by six. DC scored late to make that interesting. New York takes out Toronto Moving into second place, L.A. and Austin, that was the Gilly Cup. 
LA wins, which makes it real interesting in the West. We'll look at the standings in a second. Houston stays in contention with the 10-point win over San Diego. And Seattle breaks Utah's 69-point uh, record with 74 over Dallas. A huge route for Seattle. The big game there for me this week, though, San Diego losing to Houston. That's got massive playoff implications uh, for position on the table and just huge for that Houston Sabercats team after the struggles they had last year for a big turnaround to stay in contention. New England, by the way, first team to clinch a playoff spot in the East, which brings us to the standings starting with the West. Austin up six with the game in hand on L.A. It'll be interesting, though. L.A. essentially just, you know, a point behind if they get a five-pointer here. Seattle and Houston tied for that final playoff spot. San Diego three points behind, like you mentioned. The race is real tight coming down the last four weeks here. And Houston there, uh, I believe Houston has a game in hand in that la- yeah. in that in the the run up to the final game of the season here too. So that's actually a little closer than it appears on the table there. So look out guys, it's going to come down to the last week of the season for who takes the that final playoff spot. And isn't it interesting to think about and I don't want to cuz it hurts how close Utah is to actually being in the mix for that. We're talking two and a half games right now for Utah. If you look at the table, we're talking essentially three five-point performances here in Utah would be sitting perhaps in third place. Jeez. <laughs> uh, for the record, Utah not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet. Right? Just, just going to put that out there. <laughs> uh, I wish. I wish. I can hope, right? We can hope. Exactly. Don't Sometimes. kill my dream, Jerem Jordan. I'll fight you. Yeah. Well, it depends. You know, you can still be Mickey Mouse at Disneyland like you've always wanted to be. It just depends if that's still the dream or not. Okay. I would wish upon a star. Eastern Conference standings, New England, as we mentioned, has clinched a playoff spot. ATL drops below New York because they get a five-point win against Toronto. Remember, the two-seed is awesome, too, because you host the three-seed. So that battle is pretty interesting. Now there's a real gap there between the top three. And Rugby New Jersey getting better as we get down the stretch and adding two former All Blacks to their roster Uh, with with Nehe Milner-Scudder. Uh, just signed and announced they're in New York training with this squad. We're going to see them through the last few games of the season and hopefully into the playoffs. Those guys are going to play in MLR this year. That's pretty gnarly. Much I'm, I'm wonder how much they're getting for like the three games they're going to play or four or whatever. It's pretty. <laughs> when you figure it's, you know, Waisaki Naholo and, uh, and Milner Scudder. Can we also get a little like transparency on salary cap here? Hashtag just saying like, <laughs> I know the rules that we're playing by, and these guys keep signing big names from overseas. Where, where is that math going? Like, where? I mean, that's that new math I'm not aware of. Maybe. Yeah, I. You know what? I didn't take a math class at BYU, so I don't have any idea. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's look at week 15. I think I said before week 15 and 16. It's actually week 15 coming up, so we have four left. Four weeks left. Um, New England and rugby ATL. Huge game in the East for playoff implications. Perhaps the game of the week. Toronto, Dallas, Houston, Utah. Utah can blow up Houston's hopes in the playoffs a little bit here, too, and set them back. Nola Golden, D.C., the bottom two in the east. Uh, Rugby, New Jersey, and Seattle is an interesting one. And then San Diego and L.A. San Diego kind of out of it in the the west a little bit. L.A. fighting for that top seat. We got a lot of compelling games still. I mean, you talk about every game having consequence there. You know, even the Dallas Jackals going up to, to Toronto to play this is a jackals team that's really fighting for pride now and they've been good and have signed some really great players to that squad that we saw in that this last game they continue to get better i wouldn't sleep on dallas if i'm the toronto arrows that could come back to bite them you know and then if you look at that game with uh, san diego and la la could effectively really knock out san diego at this point with a big win this week and do a lot of damage to their hopes of making the playoffs Okay, at Houston this week for Utah. The next week, Austin coming to town, which uh, which means the City Edition jersey is going to be out, baby. Can't wait. If you want to order your replica edition City jerseys, this is the Cottonwood Canyon edition jersey with all the colors that we love, the granite, the pine, the snow. It's a fantastic-looking jersey to see in real life. You can get yours now at shop.warriorsrugby.com. You can also be ready to order and bid on the game-worn City Edition jerseys that will be worn by the players 
in that game. So get yours, get in the kit, and be ready to go. Look at the guns on Tommy Tua of Allen Lance Williams there. You love to see it, boys. And the, and the uh, Cottonwood Canyon Edition City jersey. Shop now and get yours and be ready to bid on those game-worn jerseys. Well, Lance Williams, the guy on the left, player of the week in Major League Rugby. He was a beast. Two tries, a try assist. Defensively, he was all over the place. He was unbelievable. Banksy spoke with Lance Williams earlier. Here's that conversation. Mr. MLR, player of the week, Lance Williams. Uh, for the boys. Congratulations on those honors, because how does that feel to get, you know, that mm. league-wide recognition for your performance on Saturday? Uh, no, nah, thanks. Thanks for having me, bro. Um, it's just, uh, I was on for the boys, bro. Um, you know, throughout the week, the boys worked very hard. Um, we knew Atlanta was going to come in, you know, it was going to be a tough fight, but um, the boys throughout the week, man, the, the confidence, the, the, um, the game plan, uh, throughout Robbie and, and Davies, uh, throughout the whole program, the boys did really well. They worked, you know, they worked their backs, their backsides off the whole week. And like I said, it was all for the boys. The boys did really well. Those two tries that came from the mall, man, it was all for the forwards, man. So those guys hats off to them, man. They, they did so well with the game plan. They came in with, you know, some of the leaderships on those, in those forwards guys, um, People like Chatty, Paul, Oli, Saya, like they they wanted to uh, set a statement there to tomorrow uh, over the weekend. So we set a statement there, and, and the boys pulled it out. So hats off to them, man. Hats off to them. So how did that feel, kind of getting that yeah. monkey off your back and finally playing the kind of rugby that we've been hoping to see from this team mm -hmm. all year long, knowing we had that kind of performance in us, bro? Yeah. That had to feel great, right? For sure, bro. We finally got that monkey off our back. Um, so just like. I know, I know the season hasn't been going our way. The record hasn't been showing that um, that that well. But throughout, you know, throughout the program, throughout the boys, the the guys on the field uh, pulling in the work, we just wanted to play some really good rugby. You know, set some high standard rugby. We didn't want to just um, we we don't want to just to to just like like set off on the season. You know, we don't want to take anything off from the season. But we just wanted to play good rugby, show everybody around the league that I know our record's not showing that, but we still can play some really good rugby, some 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 top top high standard rugby that that the boys here, the Warriors that are capable of. So So you talked about your two tries real quick. Walk us yeah. through those because one was from almost what, 25 yeah. meters out, just outside the 22. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, it started with a great line out, but then it really looked like it was you mm -hmm. and Gus on yeah. both of them that yeah. just were like, you know what? Stop us. I dare you. <laughs> Walk yeah, us through both of those and kind of how they developed, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first the first one was a five-meter try. It was a um, great, great effort from the boys. Um, the, it turned a little, and then, like like I said, like some of the boys, the chat in that in that mall was just, ah, just go through, just go through. Um, push it through. Gussie, Gussie, and and um, Emerson did very well. The the comms going through from the front and going all the way to the back. So that that was a good team ball right there for uh, from the five meter line. The one from the twenty two, maybe like the forty, all the way to the try line. That one was a that one's that started off from the play coin for our cap uh, Bailey Wilson. Um, he made a terrific line out call, made the boys jump. Uh, made Atlanta boys jump right in the middle and we took the front boom and then from that was just history um, from Gussie to Paul Mullen like I, I literally the, the moth kind of it fell and it literally fell I was dragging on my knees and I was on the, I was just holding Bailey Wilson's uh, to Jersey and he was just pulling me up so we dragged like about three to four meters and I stood back up and Bailey like same thing the comms from Gussie, Paul, and Bailey were just like, just go, boys, 10 more meters, 12 more meters. And for him to, to impressively, Bailey Wilson, to backpedal all the way 22 meters is very impressive. So that guy, so hats off to him, to Cap, and the two boys in the front, Paulie, the big boys, Paulie and Gussie, man, they did very, very well. So hats off to them. Well, let's go one more on that. Yeah. The big assist that you had to Tommy. Mm -hmm. You yeah. want to talk about a one-two combo with the loose <laughs> forwards connecting there. Yes, you're carrying that ball when you pick mm. up off that that ruck, mm. and you're just waving that ball around like it's a <laughs> flashlight in the dark. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> skipping around and spinning, and then you hit the deck, and over your shoulder, here comes Tommy on a screamer. Yes, How does that develop? When you're in all of that traffic and there's yes. one man, 
on your wheels that ends up scoring an automatic seven pointer. Yes, sir. Um, it was. It started off with a great carry from Tommy. Um, Tommy had a good carry. Um, our our, clean, our breakdown was a little little. Um, we could have been cleaned up a little bit more, but it was just off. But um, the hole was right there, so I just seen it. Uh, picked the ball up, hit the right on the side of the rock, and then I got a couple meters there. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the fans that I, you know, I said hi after they goes like. I'm like, like I get, I get scared when you, when you hold on to the ball. Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, we were like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, sorry. Like, you know, it's just that, you know, this is the pilot, the uh, playing style that you know some of us play. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I picked up the ball, just um, adrenaline running. I saw the gap, hit it, boom, uh, beat like two guys. I fell on the floor. But at that at that moment, I think Tommy was already off his feet, and I could hear him screaming, "Lance, boom!" Right when I like I turned, I just flicked the ball up right into his to his pocket, and he went straight into his seven. And honestly, because me like me and Tommy were 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 roommates, like on the when we travel a lot, that's my roommate, so that's my roomie. So we were we always talk about stuff like that, you know. Hey, what if we did that? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's our own, but but like the. And even like when he posted on social media on his Instagram when we said just chicken in a biscuit, uh, we get that all the time for like you know just the grocery runs when we do. But we always <laughs> have that we you know just eat eat our snacks. And what if we did this? We're like, oh, what if, you know, we always talk funny stuff. But you know, it finally came that uh, that roomy connection that uh, finally clicked on. So and, and then enjoyed and then for that um, for that credit of Tommy's uh, big carry first and Tommy's effort to get off off of the ground the time off the ground was very excellent so hats off to Tommy bro so let's go now to the end of the game uh, mm-hmm. Mikey gets the intercept puts it away yeah. to Joey on his big return home you yes, guys sir. hit the sheds yes sir caps chant in the mm-hmm. locker room was mm-hmm. next level was energy crazy. talk about being in that room with Cap yeah. leading the chant and all the boys <laughs> just going insane. I hate to say this, Banksy, but I missed it. Really? Because <laughs> I was outside doing an interview. I was like, damn. But but at that for that moment of um, during the game, uh, man, Mikey tells like that's what you call leadership guy, man. He's uh, you know, like you said, like we said throughout the scene, it's been tough. But for them to to um, to reserve to like come off the bench and bring that kind of energy from the G squad, the Gorilla squad was so on point. And then we we talked about it at halftime, like the G squad was gonna win us this game, and they did. They came out firing Tyler Fisher, Paul Mullen, uh, Mikey Tail, you know, Tuvele, Vunokoto, man, making that big hit on that knock on on that five meter, mm-hmm. that five uh, meter. Man, it was it was just a, like from twenty three from from one to twenty three was a great effort. And like I was, I ain't gonna lie, I was pretty tired at that point. Like it was like the seventy-eight minute. I was like, please, somebody make a play. So we was just making defense, hitting up. And then when I saw, when I saw this long hair just shoot out the line, boom, pick it. I was like, oh, pick six. That was it. So I was, man, that was just a rejoice of relief. That massive effort from uh, from the boy Joey Mono, man. You know, coming off from an ACL, man. Two tries uh, from a, one from Clevin Loser. Wonderful offload, bro. So it's crazy. Like I said, it was a one, one from 23 um, effort throughout this team. So it was hats off to those boys and like I, I, I'm like I freaking missed the chat, bro. It was crazy, but <laughs> Max, Max got a, a good video of it. I, I believe you guys saw that on online on Instagram. It was lit. I was still fired up on Mother's Day too. I was watching it on Mother's Day. Like, what are you watching? Like, oh, we lit, right? It was, so it was good, man. The cat did very well, man. It was so good. The boys, it's good to see the boys have fun. All right, so a big win against Rugby ATL. And again, hats off to them for, you know, playing tough the whole game. They made some incredible plays on their own. Kind of felt like they didn't front their strongest squad on the travel week. Did you guys kind of take that personally, looking at the lineup that they sent? Uh, A little bit, but like we said, starters or no starters, man, we still play good rugby, you know what I mean? So it it don't matter uh, if if they bring their first starters or they bring the second string. It don't matter. It ain't gonna change the way that way we play. How we play Warriors rugby, you know. We play um, like it's, like Robbie told us and 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 um, Davies told us, man. We we stick to our DNA. You know, we we not we're not 
we don't care who's on the one to twenty three. We're gonna play same high standard rugby. We just wanted to play good rugby, and and we understand that so, uh, like our record doesn't show us to our fans and throughout the league, but we still like we said we still in that. We want to play good rugby, not only for the league, the MLR league, and for our program, but all over the world. You know, is is people watching um, uh, this, to watch this uh, this sport grow? You know, around the world, and we just want to show that MLR has good standard rugby. So, like we said, we stick to our we stick to our um, our game plan. We stick to what what are good to our DNA, our great DNA, and we will just play high standard rugby, no matter what week in week out. We'll still we'll still play good rugby. So now let's look forward to this coming week yes, with sir. Houston on the schedule. This is another uh, in-conference game, another chance to – I mean, the Warriors are not mathematically eliminated mm-hmm. from the playoffs yet. Yeah. So uh, obviously still a lot of other things have to happen, but another mm-hmm. big five points here yeah. would go a long way for this team, not just for the morale inside the sheds, but yeah. for all of Dub Nation watching, how is it now coming off the big win – and trying to carry that momentum into another week on the road going to mm-hmm. Houston. Well, yeah, it, it was good uh, from Monday and and yesterday's practice. It was a good good energy, um, good confidence. The boys as well. But uh, like we told our boys, man, it, we take it week from week. You know, nothing changes. We just gotta keep our head down and go to a dark place and keep grinding. You know, because the Houston, you know, um, Houston is a very good team. They're a good team. Big boys. Big Safas, you know, sevens guys. But like I said, we, we're going to stick to our game plan, stick what to, you know, Warriors rugby do best and keep grinding, man. We, we play our high standard, um, high standard rugby, um, go there, you know, t- try and take care of business there and get that five points. And, you know, hopefully like, like we, throughout the week, we discussed, like, just take this energy, take this confidence, put it on to next week. And we'll just take it week by week. You know, we don't just, do what we do best and just grind. Put our head down and just grind. MLR player of the week, MLR Ooh. team of the week for his Sorry. work on the field. You're one of the emotional Ooh. leaders of this Warriors squad. Yes, it's been my pleasure to, to watch you grow as a man yes. and as a rugby player from the time I've been able to spend on the field with you to now Thanks, far Spencer. surpassing yeah. anything that I could have ever accomplished on a rugby pitch, brother. I love you. Thank you so Easy. much for being here with Aloha, us. Thank you. Like again, thank you, Banksy. Thank you for you and JJ, man. I appreciate you guys. Keep up the hard work. I love this station. Easy, my boy. Aloha. Jeez. Lance Williams. He's great. He's so fun, dude. In my first interaction with him, I didn't meet him, but he played linebacker for Hawaii against BYU. Watched a couple of games. Little did I know we'd uh, we'd be homies with this guy a couple years later. He really embodies everything that the Warriors want to be on and off the pitch. He's such a great guy. I had my 12-year-old son with me at the game and we were walking through the we were walking through the training area as the boys were getting warmed up. Lance saw me with my son, stopped, came over and made it a point to say hi to him and make sure that he knew that he was special and he appreciated him coming out. Gave him a big hug. So just a testament to the quality of the guy he is. The stuff he does when nobody's watching. You know, he's such a good-hearted guy. He really spreads that Hawaiian aloha in the purest sense of the word, and he's a great asset to have for this team. He's awesome. Okay, big win over Rugby ATL. You talked about it with Lance. Houston, big game. Let's preview it. Utah Warriors at Houston Sabercats coming up Saturday at 6 Mountain Time. You can watch it on KJAZ, stream it on kslsports.com and the Rugby Network. Listen to it on Cool FM 105.5 or ESPN 960. We'll have the radio call on that one. A couple of storylines in this one. They've already met this year one time. Houston won 28-12. Utah's 4-3 and all-time against the Sabercats. Houston fighting for a playoff spot, game in hand, third place right now. And Utah in Houston last year had a dominant performance. The fewest points allowed in a game in Utah Warriors history, 24-5. to This should be an interesting second matchup. This is really going to test the physicality of what the Utah Warriors have in the tank still. This is a big, fast Houston team. A lot of South African transplants this year onto the team to add to the already impressive stable of athletes that are continuing to get healthy late in the season. So they keep adding some of these big playmaking pieces back into their lineup. It's going to be a tough one on the road. A couple of players to watch in this one. Dean Muir, former San Diego Legion hooker. He's now... The guy with Houston, he leads them in tries. Christian Dyer plays a ton of minutes. Good center. David Kutzer, good fly half. And then uh, Dylan Smith, nine defensive turnovers, one as a scrum half. He's very scrappy. 
He's really like a Fafta clerk style uh, scrum half. He slides in on defense when a gap needs to be filled, as well as communicating to his forwards where they need to be. And he's not afraid to get stuck into a ruck. And so he's going to be really uh, a weapon on that defensive line for the Houston Sabercats to slow down the Utah Warriors attack. And if Danny Barrett plays, former USA Sevens guy, number one in the league with 14 breakdown turnovers one, he jackals the ball perhaps better than anybody in MLR. By the way, Houston last in ball carries, meters gained, offloads, clean breaks, tackles. They, they are an interesting team because they're very good despite being last in the league in some of those categories where you would think you wouldn't be that good if you're last, but they are. You know, they they win a lot of balls at the breakdown, and the Utah Warriors have struggled with that this year. A lot of that is the physicality of some of the South African players that they've added this year. You know, so those big physical moments in matches, the breakdowns, uh, the, the defensive line stands, the malls, the driving physicality of a mall, you know, that's all things that play into the hands of the Houston Sabercats and the way they're built. Okay, that's coming up Saturday at 6 Mountain Time. And don't forget to uh, renew your season tickets for next year. That's uh, going on right now. It is time, Utah Warriors fans. You've seen how electric these Warriors can be. It's time to make sure we stack Zions Bank Stadium. Get your 2023 season tickets to see the Utah Warriors in action now. Here is everything you need to know. Experience what everyone is talking about. The nonstop action-packed and fan favorite sport of utah warriors rugby experience utah's most exciting professional sport with group nights and single game and season tickets available renew your season tickets for the 2023 season now with eight games starting as low as 99 dollars. visit warriorsrugby.com for details Oh, the silky tones of Banksy. Very nice. I clean up all right when I need to. <laughs> I can be professional sometimes. I want you to do the voiceover voice the rest of the time. Okay, I don't want your conversational voice. I want your voiceover voice. And now to present our next guest. <laughs> Let's bring him in. Bill Riley, been a friend for a long time. And uh, he is the voice of the Utah Utes, of course, with ESPN 700, voice of Rail Salt Lake. And our radio partners at ESPN 700 as the program director. Bill, welcome to Dub Nation, man. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Boys, thank you for having me. How are things? Great. After last week's game, uh, we saw the Utah Warriors kind of wake up and snap, snap a six-game losing streak, which was awesome. But uh, let's talk about kind of what's life like for you right now. Obviously, the Utah Utes had a tremendous football season, winning the Pac-12, going to the Rose Bowl. Basketball's uh, getting better here. So uh, what's life like right now as Real Salt Lake uh, is taking up your time, obviously, week to week? Yeah, I, I haven't been able to get out to Zions Bank Stadium because you guys play just about the same time every week that Real Salt Lake does, uh, either whether home or away. So I've had to follow the Warriors from a distance this year and catch you guys occasionally on the radio. But uh, Real Salt Lake's off to a good start. You know, my never-ending play-by-play season. I just go year-round, whether it's football, basketball, Mix in a little baseball from time to time, and of course, Real Salt Lake too. So uh, they're off to a solid start. They're uh, it's been hard for them, they're, considering they've been so injured and they haven't really been able to fill out their roster yet fully. Um, the fact that they're above the playoff line right now and kind of holding their own is pretty good. So um, it's going to be interesting. This is a kind of a team that's in the works right now. You know, they they didn't have owner, you know, stable ownership or, or firm ownership. The league kind of ran them a year ago. So they didn't have an owner that could say, go spend X amount of money on this international player, go spend X amount of money on this international player. It happened early in the off season this year or just before the season began when David Blitzer came in. He's got soccer ties all over the world. And then, of course, Ryan Smith, who owns the Utah Jazz, came in as a local and minority partner to it. So, you know, they're just kind of getting their footing right now. And now some some monetary injections are going into the into the club and you're seeing them add some pieces here. So it's going to be fun to see at least this year. I kind of called this year a, a transition year of sorts. Doesn't mean they can't have a good year. But with new ownership coming in and, and kind of trying to reset the roster a little bit, it's interesting to see how they do it on the fly. International soccer is so unusual because you have to make a lot of these international moves either in January or in July. That's when the international windows open. So 
Um, they're kind of piecing it together right now, but the season's been good. You mentioned football, Jerem. It was a it was a wonderful. It was kind of a a dream season for the Utes and, and kind of a bucket list dream season for a broadcaster too. Uh, so that was fun, and you know, it's it's just you know everything's great. So we had uh, Britton Covey spend a lot of time with us. You know, he set, signed that name, image, and likeness deal with the Warriors. So we got to know him quite a bit and talk rugby with him. He mentioned before games in the locker rooms, especially a lot of the Polynesian players, the offensive and defensive linemen, would just form up in a scrum and push against each other to get warmed up and fired up. Now, physically, Bill, you're a big guy like I am. Like, we take up a lot of space in the room. How much money would it take for you to get in the middle of that scrum with those linemen and have a good shove? I don't know that the Warriors have enough money for me to do that at this point in my life. Uh, you know, maybe we could talk. We'll get Kimball on the line and see if we can negotiate a fee. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot because I'm old now. I'm officially old. I've got a college graduate and soon to be another college entrant. So I'm old and bones and ligaments and things tear and break easily. So for me to get in the middle of one of those big Polynesian scrums on the pitch or in the locker room, wherever it might be, that's going to take a lot of it. You better break out the checkbook and put lots of zeros <laughs> and very few decimal points on there because those guys are animals. A lot of commas in that number, Bill. Exactly. Yeah. Commas, Seriously. not decimal points. <laughs> Major League Rugby has been open about sort of looking at Major League Soccer and saying, okay, that was sustainable growth, and they've grown to be this behemoth. Obviously, there's a certain pecking order in American sports, obviously, but MLS has grown to expand and be, be profitable and be sustainable. What, do you, what have you seen with sort of MLS's sustainability that perhaps Major League Rugby uh, hopes to, to kind of copy to get to that level at some point in the next 5, 10, 20 years? Well, I'm not sure what the overall league setting is with Major League Rugby, but what really allowed Major League Soccer to sustain for a long time was what they call a single entity, where all the clubs pool, they're all together. You don't work individually. You have to get league approval. If the LA Galaxy want to add an international player or Real Salt Lake wants to do this, all the monies are pooled collectively. Now, your ticket sales and things like that, but television revenue and transfer fees and things like that for players all go into the big pot. And it's kind of a, it, it's what they call a single entity um, uh, league. So it's all been put together. It's not like the NFL or the NBA where everybody's kind of on their own. This is all together. Now, at some point in time down the line, you hope to grow out of that. The league's 25, 26 years old now. So it's still by world standards, by league standards around the world, it's a it's a pup. You know, the EPL, the Bundesliga, all these leagues around the world have been around for over 100 years. So this league is still in its infancy and it's grown a lot. But the fact that it's kind of kept everything in-house and together has allowed steady growth. And you've really seen it over the last 10 years because international players like to come to the United States. But what you used to get in the early days of Major League Soccer was – You'd get all these big name stars who were 35, 36, 37 years old. They'd played their best soccer in Italy, in Germany, in France, wherever it was. And they were coming over to the United States to basically come on vacation and get paid. You're not seeing that anymore. You're seeing good young players from South America, from Europe, from Asia, from all over the world come to the United States. And so what you're, what you're seeing is better young talent coming into the league. It's a top 10 league in the world now, guys. It really is. People don't think that, but it is. It, and it's right on par with Liga MX. It's as athletic and physical a league as there is in the world. That's, in fact, the biggest shock that European players find when they come here. The travel and the weather are one because you have every climate and every, you know, in time zones, they're used to traveling on buses. But the other thing that shocks them is the physicality and the athleticism. Major League Soccer is not as technical a league as, say, any of those big European leagues. That's what's got to come next. But the athleticism and the physicality, that's where the Europeans and even some of the South Americans are kind of like, whoa, we weren't quite sure. Even you can tell them that, but they don't believe you till they get here. Well, and the quality of the level of athlete that's just available because there's, you know, 400 million people here exactly. in the United States. When you talk about the talent pool that we have, and we've seen that growth in rugby as well. So it's been great to see in, you know, I've been a soccer fan 
for years and years and years with my family and been out to so many different games. And it's exciting to see that growth in rugby. And fingers crossed tomorrow we get a big announcement for the Rugby World Cup to be hosted here in the United States coming up in 2031, I believe is the date that they're going to announce. So fingers crossed, Bill, that that happens and we get that kind of international exposure that will help boost the game. Think about what it did just a few years ago for USA Soccer to have well, the, the Men's and Women's World Cups. Well, 1994 was a, was a watershed year. I mean, it seems like forever ago now. And, and again, U.S. soccer hasn't taken off on the world stage. But when the United States hosted the World Cup in 94 and they were playing in the Rose Bowl and Texas Stadium in the Meadowlands and all over this country and people from around the world were coming here, it exposed not just this country to soccer, but the world to the United States and what the United States can do, you know, and the appetite we have here in the United States for soccer. The one thing that Major League Soccer still battles is, you know, we're kind of we're sports snobs here in the United States. We're used to seeing the best of the best of everything. The NBA are the best players in the world. The National Football League, though there's not another competitor, those are elite world-class athletes. Major League Baseball, we're used to all of that stuff. And Major League Soccer is a fantastic league, but American sports fans will tune into NBC or Peacock or whatever it is on Saturday morning at 5.30 and watch the EPL or the Bundesliga because we love here in America – seeing the best of the best athletes. So Major League Soccer is still battling that a little bit. But let's just say next year in Qatar, of all places, the United States can make a great run and get to the quarterfinals or maybe, God forbid, maybe the, the semifinals of the, of the World Cup. What it would do for soccer in this country, I think, would be next level. This is the best team the United States has fielded talent-wise maybe ever. Now, they've had superstars in the past, but the, the level of play on this team and where our players are playing in the top leagues overseas and not just on rosters, but starting, this is a talented team. Now, can they come together and do it? Can they stay healthy? That remains to be seen. But much like getting the uh, getting getting the maybe the Rugby World Cup here in 2031, you know, there's there's great. You know, the World Cup is coming here soon, too. And uh to be able to have a good showing this year. And then in 2026, when it returns to North America, that could be a watershed year for American soccer too. Yeah. The baby Eagles. Uh, let's, let's get them going. Adams, McKinney, Pulisic and everybody let's go. Okay. Let's finish with this. Rugby certainly okay. a unique sport. Uh, we don't think another team has a, a radio deal in the league. We love it. Uh, calling the games on the, the radio each week. What was it about the kind of the Warriors and rugby that was intriguing to ESPN 700 to have on the air? Well, I mean, it's it's just, you know, it's a sport in this state that resonates. You know, the Warriors professionally, but you think about the collegiate level, what BYU has done for years. You think of the club level at the University of Utah and what they have done. I mean, the Highland rugby, rugby program that Larry Gelwick's had. Rugby in this state means something to people. And the way the organization has been run, and I've known Kimball for years since he was doing stuff with BYU rugby and a bunch of other things, you knew it was going to be good. And we like to, you know, we, we have room on our station. We have the University of Utah. We have Real Salt Lake. We have ESPN Radio. But we have room for another property. And in this time of year, it works really well with us. Plus, and, and I'm, I'm not saying this. I've known, I've known Jerem, by the way. I've known Jerem Jordan since he was a senior at Copper Hills High School. True. That's how long I've known Jerem Jordan. He was an intern at KSL <laughs> years ago. Pre-mission, I knew him. And I've known Banksy forever, too. That's what really sold it ultimately for me is because I'm a radio guy at heart. And I'm a broadcaster. I wanted the product because I knew the rugby product would be good. But you've got to have professionals doing it. You know, rugby on the radio, as you just said, Jerem, it's, it doesn't happen a lot. And so if you're going to do it on the radio, you better do it well and you better have guys that are going to do it well. And when Kimball told me that it was going to be you and Banksy doing it, that, well, that was a slam dunk. That was my only worry. It wasn't the product itself on the field. It was how was it going to come across on the radio? How was it going to be presented to our listeners? And you guys, well, I, I've known you and I knew you would do a good job. And then when I've heard you, you guys are terrific. So that that's what sold it. That was the... That was the ultimate, that was kind of the last nail in the coffin was you guys doing it. And, and that sold me ultimately. And, and, our, and our listeners have loved it. So, 
Well, you're very kind. That's very nice. We look forward to finding two professionals to do the games one day. Uh, for now, we'll continue to do them. But, uh, Bill, we keep, appreciate hey, the time. Keep fooling them. Just keep <laughs> fooling them. We appreciate the time, and uh, we love the partnership with ESPN uh, 700, 960, and Cool FM, depending on, you know, Real Salt Lake games or whatever. But the game's on the radio every week. So thanks for the time. We appreciate the chat. Thanks, boys. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Bill Riley from ESPN 700. Of course, he hosts the Bill Riley Show, Daily Show as well. Voice of the Utes, Voice for Real Salt Lake. Great to have Bill on the program. We do want to say congratulations to the BYU women's rugby team. We won a national championship, taking down Virginia Tech. Congrats to uh, the ladies uh, from BYU. Elite, another feather in the uh, cap of rugby in the great state of Utah. I mean, we're talking about the epicenter of all that is rugby in the United States, and all roads lead to Utah when we're talking about it now, baby. I'm excited for that. Okay, we'll see you Saturday, 6 Mountain Time. You can watch it, stream it. Of course, listen to it, as we mentioned, as Utah takes on Houston. That'll do it for us. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation. Follow the Utah Warriors on social media. Thomas Tuval mic'd up. You can go catch that. Ran out of time. Our thanks to Lance Williams and Bill Riley. Today's show was produced by Billy Rathule and Mason Benson. For Banksy, I am Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors.